Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These guys are ridiculous. These guys are ridiculous. Now, how about them damn Celtics? And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on Saturday, December 16th, the day after the Celtics' big win over the Orlando Magic. We recapped that game yesterday on the channel. If you haven't checked it out yet, go check it out. It's also on People all podcast platforms. People enjoyed it. People seem to like when the Celtics win, so that's in line with our feelings as well. So when, when we're ha- talking about a good win, you guys get to enjoy it as well. So that's always a good time. Uh, make sure to check that out and also check out talking seas which we posted yesterday it was a later yes. upload on the channel but make sure you check it out uh, it did all right if you haven't seen it yet because you didn't know because it wasn't in line with our normal posting schedule make sure to check out talking seas with bobby Kuritsky. we talked about seas is mm. a perfect example of why you should have the notification bell on <laughs> exactly a hundred percent make sure to check that out we talked about the celtics and Cavs, uh or excuse me celtics Cavs Celtics Magic miniseries, uh, and then also Drew Peterson coming to Boston, seeing what we can bring to the main Celtics, I should say. Um, but before we get too deep into the weeds of Celtics stuff, let's get into In Pop Nito uh, and give away some popcorn today or $10 for you guys to win some popcorn. Uh, let's see who's taking it home today. I got the wheel all set up. Sam, another full wheel today. 10 entries. We love a full wheel. And this is the time of year to do it. You have all the seasonal flavors. They have an Impopnito store in my local mall today. I went in there, did some Christmas shopping, and I mean, I had to get do some Christmas shopping for myself. I got myself a brand new bag of the dill pickle flavor, a quality flavor. It was one of the samples they sent over to us. I had to go get some more. That's how good it was. So you guys definitely don't want to miss out on this. You can pick from over 60 flavors, and you're not going to miss. Sweet, salty, uh, seasonal, spicy. They have it all. Mm. Should we should yeah. we reveal the winner? Let's spin the wheel here. Let's see who's winning some popcorn today. Free bag on the line. It will and... be. And oh, Christian! Christian, congratulations! <laughs> there you go, Christian. We'll be getting in contact with you. Let me bold your name on the sheet here so we know uh, who won. Uh, I'll hit you up afterwards, Justin. If you're listening, I just sent the email. Uh, to get you set up with your popcorn. So that is coming. Expect that email soon. But congrats, Christian. You just won yourself a $10 in Pop Nito gift card. We'll get you hooked up. Make sure to if, make my life easier. Email us, hbtcpod at gmail.com. Uh, send me your name, phone number, email, and we'll get you hooked up with some in Pop Nito. Also, if you'd like to be entered next time, comment what's popping on the podcast or on the channel in general. Just comment what's popping, just not on the live streams because we don't we don't see those. We won't, we won't see those. We will um, not. So. They we, we don't go look at those, sadly. Mm-hmm. So go check out the uh, – or comment what's popping, I should say, for your chance to win some in-pop needle popcorn. Uh, without further ado, let's talk Celtics. Danny Ainge stopped by the NBC Sports Boston broadcast uh, last night. I don't know why it's not changing the background. Um, and he talked about the Celtics. He talked a lot about the Celtics, which is weird because he's with the Jazz, which we talked about on the pregame stream. Just a bit odd. But regardless, Danny Ainge, 
He talked about Brad Stevens, said he's done an amazing job, said they have good coaching, management, ownership, players. The Celtics from top to bottom are sitting pretty in the league right now. Said they have shooting, maybe the best in the NBA. Did say they should worry about the defense if they have an injury somewhere, which we can get into. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Um, and then said, I like their bench, their depth, size, never too small because Tatum and Brown are good size for three and four. Uh, I like the team a lot. Um, when asked about what they need to do to win the finals, said just trust each other. A lot of times when things aren't going well, when you have great players like Jalen and Jason who can get easy baskets, that's the tendency to try to get them easier than you need to. Um, when things aren't going well, they have such great shooting and spot-up shots uh, by White, Sam, Hauser, Pritchard, and Drew Holiday, and Porzingis. Those are great shots anytime they can get an open look. I just think that you trust uh, that trust on the offensive end, keep moving the ball, and trust in what you're doing. Um, so I agree with the point. On Danny saying what they need to do to win the final. I think trust is important. I actually wrote about it recently for Celtics blog, how those five stars in the starting lineup uh, have learned to get um, buckets other than, or when the ball's not in their hands, how they've been scoring off cuts, getting offensive rebounds. That activity shows the buy-in to not always having the ball in their hands. I will say the comment about their defense, being worried about it when someone's hurt. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. It feels like they have a pretty good defensive infrastructure. You see it a little bit when Porzingis is out, I suppose, when they can't have that protection around the rim. But I, I think the Celtics have a pretty solid defense regardless. I, I don't know if I would say worried is necessarily the uh, the word I'd use to describe the defense. But yeah, Danny H talking Celtics, Sam, what do you think? Where do they rank defensively? What, second? The last time I, I looked, they I were second. second. So their defense is okay. But I think Ainge does make a good point because they really are at their best when they're playing defense. fourth now fourth bomb well kind it, it's the timberwolves are 1065 then the rockets are 1074 then the magic are 1095 and the celtics are 1096 so it's like they're three four tied ish but the rockets did jump them for a second they were second for a while yeah so last night's win over the magic is a prime example of how defense can kickstart you and get you right in the right direction and really make things super easy for you Boston turned Orlando over 21 times. I think seven of them came in the first quarter and the Celtics didn't get off to the best offensive start. They really struggled. They were without their regular big guys. So Lamar Stevens had to start clearly disrupted the way they played offense. How did they get going? They forced turnovers. They got out in transition and then everything from there became easy. Guys got confident. They started making threes. You saw Derek white steal the ball to just to knock down a three right after. I mean, they are fully in control of their own fate when they play defense. When you solely rely on threes, which is not always what they do, but it's a big emphasis every time they play a game is to get as many threes up as they can, which is fine because a lot of them, especially this season, have been good threes. But you can't always control if you're going to be on or off from three-point land because when you're off, it really hurts. But when you play defense and you make things tough on the other team, that's fully in your control. The effort levels on defense are always something that you can take control of and, and make it easier on yourself. Yeah, you talk about that a lot, and I agree. I just don't know if I agree with the premise that their defense is something to worry about when someone gets hurt. Like, I understand that it might not be perfect. It might not be what they're used to, but I think they have a really good defensive infrastructure. Like, I can't think of a team around the league with better defensive pieces than the Celtics, right? Better team defense, sure. But like in terms of one through five, one through six, even like good defenders, like Derek White, Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Chris Epps, Porzingis, Al Horford. Like that's pretty much as good as it gets, right? There isn't much right. better 
league, uh, Timberwolves and Magic and, and Rockets have been maybe better defensive teams on paper this season. Um, but I wouldn't be worried about that. As far as the um, key to win the finals, he said trust each other. Like I mentioned, I wrote about it for Celtics blog. I really do think this is the key. And I think the last line in the article I wrote was something like, the Celtics have said all the cliche things. They've said, yep, we just want to trust. We just want to, you know, uh, you know, believe in each other. We want to do all this stuff. They said all the cliche phrases, but they backed it up with the way they played on the court, right? You see the sacrifices they're making. You see Jalen Brown becoming a much better playmaker than he ever has been. You see Jason Tatum uh, uh, playmaking more than ever. You see Drew Holiday cutting off the ball and going for those offensive rebounds. You see Derek White doing the same off-ball movement that he has. While also, by the way, improving all of his statistics like that's the anomaly on a team where everyone was supposed to sacrifice Derek White has taken a step up and I think that really shows how much everybody else is sacrifices because when he's playing well the team is better just objectively um you see Chris stops committed to moving off the ball and, and and setting screens and doing all these little things and it's it's really fun to watch even Al Horford is, is killing the glass this season uh he's averaging what more rebounds than he has in a while right am I crazy he's averaging He's averaging his mm-hmm. highest rebounds per game since the first season he came back from the Celtics. So he's up a half a rebound mm-hmm. from last year. Uh, he was at 7.7 in the 22 season. But as of late, and if you did per 36, it's probably a little higher because his minutes are down. Mm-hmm. But he has been making an effort to clean up the glass. That's been one of the more eye-opening things he's done this year in the last three appearances he's had, he's had two double-digit rebound games. He had the 15-rebound game earlier, uh, I want to say last month. I don't remember what yeah, game. It was when KP was, was out. But Porzingis going and having to be out of the lineup has seemingly rejuvenated Horford. When the season started, he wasn't super comfortable in that bench role. It was something I was worried about heading in because prior to this season, the only time he'd ever come off the bench was in Philly, and that went to shit. So... When the Celtics had picked him to be the bench guy, I was like, oh, they really going to get the most out of Horford? He got the starting role for a little bit. Now he's brought back that level of play to the bench, and it's a game changer. Now when Porzingis needs a break or Tatum needs a break and Horford goes in the game, there is no lull. The bench as a whole is taking a major step up. Make no mistake. But Horford in particular is getting his fingerprints on all these games, and he's doing it. I mean, just use uh, Thursday's win over the Cavs. The man took four shots, and he was one of the most important players in that game. He had a, a possession where he showed you he could still move with the quick guards, locked up Darius Garland, played great defense on the perimeter, finished out the defensive possession with a block. It was excellent. Then he ripped down three offensive rebounds. One of them was a big putback at the end of the third quarter when the team was reeling. Ten total for the game. Just an all-around great performance from Horford. He's clearly comfortable. He's clearly somebody that the team needs to be at a high level. And Missoula told us about that after the game when we were at the press conference where he was like, listen, everybody's success is measured differently. But for Horford, he is so significant because he is such a great teammate. And it's a example center for the rest of these guys as everybody is making a sacrifice. Tatum has taken less shots this year. So is Brown. Derek White has a little bit. He's maybe the only one that's benefited from this because he's taking a leap this year. It feels like a little bit where he's the third or fourth guy, but nobody expected this. It was like, maybe he'll come off the bench, but Drew Holiday, he barely has an offensive role now after being the second or third option in Milwaukee last year. As for Porzingis, he's also getting like a little bit more or less shots per game. 
they're all sacrificing. Horford is the tone setter for that because he sacrificed the starting role. Very mm. long-winded way for me to say that. <laughs> uh, he's averaging second most uh, rebounds per 36 than he ever has in Boston. The most offensive rebounds per 36 than he has in Boston. Uh, and then just just the willingness, I think, offensively for everyone to sacrifice. Like I said, everyone's numbers are down this season, but they don't care. They've talked a lot about learning on the fly, but the importance of winning while they are learning. And, and I think that's the key here. Jalen Brown's averaging 22. Porzingis only 19. Like I said, Derek White's the anomaly. His numbers are up, but Drew Holiday's only averaging 12 points. Uh, Tatum's down from 30 to 27. And it doesn't matter because they're winning basketball games and they're playing together and that's really what they care about and, and it's everyone is playing the right way and that's the important thing here um all right next thing we got is some more drew peterson stuff because you guys love drew peterson joe mazula talked about him he was asked about it before the game asked about you know thoughts on drew peterson since you added him all this stuff he said his ability to shoot ability to think you take a look at sam and what he's done the more times you can put your guys into a specific role of what they can become over time you see it work into fruition. It's kind of a formula that you have and can develop. Uh, I talked about this when we talked about Drew Peterson on Talking Seas. It feels like the Celtics are developing a, a role-player farm system up in Maine, uh, and this kind of confirms that. Like Getting guys who can play a specific role, honing in on that role, uh, and really developing it, it feels like that's the plan for Drew Peterson, and, and that's exactly what it should be, I think. Yeah, it's a great way to grow role players because they're not coming in with an ego. They weren't high draft picks. They weren't guys that are expected to change a franchise. They're guys that are working to get any kind of role in the NBA that they can get. And somebody like Peterson that comes in with a specific skill, which is shooting, he also has size and a little bit of vision. He's somebody that you can just, you can breed him just to be like, hey, go around and shoot threes. That's your only job and play defense. There's nothing more expected of you. There's not going to be a lot of pressure. You're going to get opportunities. It's not going to be able to hard. It's not going to be hard for you to be able to fill in because you're just doing the things you're comfortable with. You're setting guys up that are in the G League for success when they come to the NBA. It's what Miami's done. That's why guys like Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, they are both shooter type guys. Struess is a little bit more versatile. He's a little athletic, plays good defense. But Duncan Robinson got a $20 million contract because he joined the Heat and all of a sudden was a knockdown three-point shooter. They got him. He was undrafted, right? They developed him in the G League. There's nothing better, especially with a new CBA coming around where you don't have a lot of financial flexibility than just growing your own guys. Why do you need to pay some role player $10, 12000000 million when you can just develop one? It's so much easier that way, and they're going to be comfortable in your system. Yeah. Celtics are really taking that Miami Heat approach. A lot of teams around the league, uh, I feel like, are starting to do it a little bit. You see other guys, other teams around the league starting to bring up these two-way guys into successful players. It feels like Drew Peterson could be the next in line to do that. Uh, all right. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you got spreads, you got your player props, you got over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Next thing we got is an article from Oliver Fox, our friend at Celtics blog. He wrote yes. a funny article. I thought it would be fun for us to react to here. <clears throat> he wrote what Gallus, he dubbed. I did not think of this. <laughs> he wrote what he dubbed to be the Celtics freakout index. How I feel when each player shoots a three. Now, Sam, I did read this a little bit, and I do think I you're going to have some, some opinions. <laughs> okay. Um, Let's take a look. Let me share the screen. Shout out Oliver. Make sure, <clears throat> excuse me, make sure to go read his work. Uh, we got to have Oliver on the pod sometime. <clears throat> All right. So basically he says, I have a theory that different Celtics, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm reading the intro. I have a theory that Celtics players shooting, uh, different Celtics players shooting the basketball can elicit a wide range of emotions and physical reactions. And I think it's worthy of an action. Sure can. So without further ado, I present the draft, the first draft of the shooter freakout index, how I feel when each Celtic shoots three pointer. For ma- maximum objectivity, I'm going to give an example of each guy's shot with the clip of them missing a three uh, from the December 12th one over the Cavs. Misses tell us more than make sometimes. Uh, Derek White, reaction when the ball's in the air. In the air, I should say. Good take, D. White. <laughs> I agree. Derek yeah. White, a lot of his shots come in the flow of the offense. He's a catch-and-shoot guy. He does a great job of moving without the basketball. And look yeah. at this, wide open. You know it's going it in go as soon as he lets it go. But it doesn't, doesn't go in. <laughs> Good take, though. Good take, D. White. There we go. I agree. Uh, so, agree with his his opinion on D. White. Yes, okay. completely agree. <laughs> he's he's on the. I believe in him. Every time he shoots the ball, I think it's going in. Club. All right. Sam Hauser. Reaction when the ball's in the air. Raises one hand. The signal three is up. Look at Sam. Hit that. Sam. Hit that. Respect. Agree. Another one. When I he shoots the ball, I think it's going in. Don't care. I don't even care how contested it is. Every time Sam Hauser shoots the ball, I think that shit's going it's in. It's shocking. When Every time. I know it. <laughs> He's shooting 49% over the last 10 games. He is automatic lately. It's great. Agree with this. Right, quit playing the video. Agree with this. Why? What is wrong? Why? Because <laughs> it has the sound on. Oh, I have the site muted. That's so weird. I didn't realize you had the sound on. My bad. Yeah. Well, I tried to mute the site and assuming it would just be uh, like that for everybody. All right. Um, Jason Tatum, reaction Tatum. when the ball's in the air. Nod. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So this Wrong. Is I think you, I think you'll Bad disagree. take. Is, is the sound on on this one? Yes. Sound okay. has been on for all of them. I'll stop playing the videos then. I have the Well, you can muted. play the video. Just hit the no, no. mute before you play it. I can't hit the mute button until I like play it once. <laughs> oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, so a shot. This is there. a bad shot. That that's literally a bad shot. This is why I knew seven sixteen that. seconds on the shot clock when he starts to make his move. He has Jared Allen on him. Drive baseline. There's nobody there. Tatum. He has shot twenty seven percent from three in the last ten games. Maybe take less than nine a game. How about that? I don't need to see nine Tatum threes. Make those threes drives and then give Hauser and Derek White and Pitt, uh, Pritchard more threes. Sure. Uh, we know my thoughts. I, I don't really care. I think Tatum can take his threes. I think he's Jason Tatum. I'm fine with them. Do I want him to take a few less pull-ups? Sure, but I'm fine with it because he's Jason Tatum and they'll go in eventually uh, because he's Jason Tatum. So we, we've had this discussion before. Uh, Chris Stops. 
reaction when the ball's in the air. Really? Okay, wow. <laughs> um, See, I feel more comfortable with Porzingis taking threes because no one can contest him. He's been <laughs> colder lately. His percentage is definitely down, and it's not as great as it was at the beginning of the season. But I mean, look yeah. at that. Allen actually is like one of the few guys that can give him a good contest. Mm-hmm. And even then, he just looks comfortable every time he takes a three. It's never awkward. It's never forced. It's very much in the rhythm. It's early in the shot clock there. But it's a mm-hmm. catch and shoot with a good amount of space when he gets the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm a bit more confident with Kristaps, uh, even though he has not shot as well lately. Um, I feel like I'm a little bit more confident than Oliver is with this one. Agree. Uh, and for what it's worth, as much as I am okay with Tatum's threes more so than others, uh, I'm still not yup, yup. I, I am okay, sure, yeah. That's fine. I'm kind of surprised <laughs> when they go in. <clears throat> for what it's worth. Uh, I'm not I'm not surprised, but I'm, I don't know. Uh, Jalen Brown, reaction when the ball's in the air. Cautiously optimistic, optimistic head nod. Okay, Jalen. Uh, <laughs> insert UG or good work, Jalen, depending on if it goes in or not. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that tracks. That's about right, right? I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> Who are you more comfortable with, Tatum or Brown? Tatum. Not close. Not close. I feel like I'm more comfortable with Brown, and here's That's why. Iconic. That's... Because I feel like a lot more of Brown – well, Brown takes a lot more of catch-and-shoot threes. If Tatum was taking more catch-and-shoot threes, yeah, I feel like Brown gets a lot of looks from the corner. He he is creating for himself a little bit more now than he was in the past, but I feel like he gets a lot of catch-and-shoot looks. VAR. I'm going to the VAR. I I don't. I don't I care what the stats say. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yes, it does. Because I disagree. How many threes does Jalen take matter. per game? Uh, seven. More appropriate amount for starters. Yeah. Also, more appropriate amount for a worse three-point shooter. <laughs> Who's shooting a higher percentage this season? Tatum. Do you have it in front of you, both of them? Jason Tatum is shooting thirty-four percent. Jalen Brown is shooting thirty-two and a half percent. Well, neither one of them are very impressive. I didn't say they were good, but I told you who's shooting better. Yeah. Uh, I do want to see. I'm now. I now I want to look at this just because I'm curious. Um, catch and shoot threes. Uh, is this just threes? This is catch and shoot three point attempts. Uh, Jalen does take more at four versus Tatum's two point six. So yeah. Um, interesting though. Not this is nothing to do with like our argument before. Jalen Brown shoots 35% on catch and shoot threes. Tatum shoots 45% on catch and shoot threes. Yeah, that's no secret. Tatum is a great catch and shoot shooter. He just <laughs> mm-hmm. never takes them. He never gets that opportunity. Well, they need to run more plays. That's what I was going to say. Have that. I don't think that's necessarily Tatum's fault. I think maybe they should run a little bit more of that for him in the offense. Yeah, he's had moments where he's open in the corner where he's taking catch and shoot threes. I have no problem with that. I just don't want to see him do dribble, dribble, step back threes. I'm, I'm done with that. <clears throat> I'm okay with it, but we've again we've had this discussion before. Um, anybody that he didn't include on that list that we think is um, worthy of giving the reaction to? I think Drew Holiday for me is like mm, <laughs> lately. I'm not as confident. Lately, with Holiday's Drew Holiday. been good. Yeah, I don't, but, know, I don't have a Holiday reaction. I think Horford mm-hmm. and Pritchard should be included. I think he should did all the rotation guys. I think Pritchard's yeah. like I have like a weird like belief in Pritchard recency bias maybe, but. Even when he was struggling, I was like, oh, wow, like, surprised it didn't go in. We've seen him be so consistent for the most part, where it's surprising. Agree. I agree. Sorry, I just had the hiccups. Um, I'm confident with Horford usually. And Holiday shooting 39% this season. I don't know why. It's just like, I don't know. I'm not always as on it with Holiday. Um, 
Horford, also, I don't love when he's like on the break and he does like the Ray Allen catch and shoot when he just goes to the wing. It's like, brother, you are six ten. Go, go, cut to the block. He's not as quick as he once was. <laughs> he's not, not as agile. Um, another weird thing I just noticed: Derek White uh, took over Drew Holiday's lead for the most assists per game on the team, which is interesting. Uh, it's random, but I was just looking on the stat page. Um, all right. Next thing: Jalen Brown talked about. The Celtics Magic rivalry after their huge win, 128-111, clobbering of the Magic on Friday night. He was basically asked about it like, you know, um, this team punked you last time. You guys had all the excuses. You were hurt. You could have just laid down and let, let the, you know, tried your best, whatever. And Jalen basically goes, I think this was the biggest game of the year so far, in my opinion, for us. Uh, I think, one, we had a bunch of guys out on a back-to-back against a team that's been kicking our ass, lost four or five times we played. So I think this was the biggest game of the year for me so far. Peyton Pritchard also talked about the rivalry. Basically, we said, like, um, yeah, this team's beat us. You know, you you want to bring a little extra juice, but we're trying to treat it all the same, blah, blah, blah. This is a thing now. This is a rivalry now. T- Jalen Brown, not only saying that this was the biggest game of the season, but also playing when he was questionable. They cared. Like, they clearly cared. They have him again on Sunday. Joe Mazzulla said it's going to be even harder to beat him on Sunday because of what just happened. Like, this is a rivalry. Jalen Brown pretty much acknowledged it here. I don't know if I would say this was their biggest game of the year. I think it might have been their biggest test of the year, and and they passed. I thought Milwaukee was a big test just to that point, but you could tell in both of the games, we agree the Milwaukee game was a massive game. Everyone going into it was talking about, Who's going to be the best team in the East? They got Dame now. Holidays with the Celtics. There's so many storylines. They play each other in the playoffs a couple times. Going into the Magic game and how the Celtics handled the Magic game was just the same. Every dunk the Celtics did was loud. Everything, the intensity was up on both sides. These two teams cared. Orlando has talked a lot about the Celtics, whether it's Eddie House or Mo Wagner being cut by the Celtics in that year where they sucked. These side, the both sides care. So this is anytime you have that, it's going to be great games. You may see a matchup in the playoffs this year. Orlando's a young team. The Celtics are kind of young, but not young anymore. Like their stars are aged into their prime. And Orlando feels like they're next up. Might not be their time just yet, but they're definitely going to be around for a while. Paulo, Franz, definitely going to be a part of it. Jalen Suggs, who was great yesterday. Another guy that's going to be a pain in the ass for the Celtics for Years and years, I bet we're all going to hate him eventually. But right now, respect. Yeah, I agree. This is so obviously, there's lots of rivalries when you think of the Celtics, right? The Lakers, you think of the Heat, you think of the Sixers. It feels like this is slowly going to inch up there, especially if the Magic get into the playoffs and play the Celtics at all in the playoffs at some point. Like, this is a, like we're going to talk about the Pacers bucks later in the year, but it does feel like there are some very weird rivalries shaping up in the NBA. And this is kind of one of them, um, whether it's the Eddie house comment, they gave the magic juice or the Celtics clearly caring, uh, and, and wanting to protect the fact that they're what now 13, 14 and know at 13. TD garden this season, 13 and 0 at TD garden this season. Um, the dunks, like you said, dunking all over the magic, shutting down Mo Wagner when he was in the game, winning shorthanded on a back to back, just absolutely pounding the magic. This is a real thing, and it's kind of fun. Yeah. Like you said, you might not like the Magic eventually. I personally, right now, have nothing against them. They're a fun young team, for sure. Like they, they're shaping up. Once to be that fun tag goes away, that means they're for real. If you're a fan of any team, and somebody calls your team fun, that's like getting called buddy or p head. It's insulting. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's fun. I was just about to use the fun word again. It's fun you to watch. You can use it. You can use it. it. Uh, not, not in the context. You can say of, the F word. Not in the context of the magic or fun, but this, the, the rivalry is fun. It's entertaining. Who doesn't love a rivalry? And it, it's, it's a good time because it's like because of the people involved. It's not because of the uniforms. It's because the magic feels slighted by people within the Celtics organization because of that, they've played well against the Celtics, and now the Celtics have a chip on their shoulder because they've gotten beat by this team so many times. So it's not it's not going to be on par with the Heat or the Sixers yet because they haven't played in the playoffs yet, but if you had to put the magic on your rankings of excited to watch this regular season game, like, go down the line. You know what I'm saying? Sixers, Heat, Magic. Lakers not in there anywhere? I'm I'm saying overall. Well, I know. I'm saying like of the teams you're excited to watch the Celtics play in the regular season, all of them. Where are the are they they top five? Probably goes Lakers, Bucks, Philly, Miami. Just trying to think if I don't miss any actual. Yeah, I mean those Uh, are the four that I was assuming. Golden State is still one. Okay, sure. And then Orlando. Okay, yeah, I, I was trying to think of some other teams that I would be more excited to see them play. Um, I think the Nuggets, just because of the Nuggets and they're the champs, I think that's up yeah. there for me. I don't know if it's above the Magic, but I think I'm just looking at teams like that would be up there. Um, I think Dallas is. A, did I say Dallas? That's what I was. No, you didn't. But I was going to say the same. Yeah, Kyrie, Grant. Mm-hmm. They're kind of Luka, there. just in general because Luca's killed them. I think is yeah, up there. Fuck Luca. I think the Magic are borderline top five. Want to see the Celtics play though, which is saying something considering they're the Magic. <laughs> like I just that's, think that's... it means if you if you go to that game, it means you're going to get a game that both teams care about, which is fun. Agree, I agree, I agree. Jalen Brown clear, clearly cares about it. The Celtics clearly care. All right, let's check in with the email here. Uh, I think we have a lot of emails to get to, and a lot of different Piston people emailing us from that list. Fun. By the way, <sighs> well. Well, it's funny because two years ago you really thought the Pistons were going to be on that list, and then they just weren't. <laughs> Piston, all the old heads will tell you they hate the Pistons, and it's justified. They stink. Uh, all right, let's check in with the email here. We've got a, quite a few. Quite a few. Yes, we do. Let's go to Ryan Messenger. What's what popping? Fan mail for Sam and Jack. Hey, hey. Hey, Sam and Jack. I've been listening to you guys for a pretty long time. This is my first time reaching out. Not much of a social media guy, but I've been listening to you on Spotify since episode 20 to 30. Wow. Hold up. I need a, I need a, not a tech, but I need a pause briefly. I just want to go out. to the. Yeah, I need a quick timeout. What was our twenty to thirtieth episode? Let me let me go look and see what we were talking uh, about in our twenty thirtieth episode. Th- th- think up some guesses while I go find this quick. Did we renumber them when we changed the name? I no, all the numbers are the same from when we were from the Raptors. Okay. Uh, my guess is probably the bubble because we weren't episode... doing them as often. Episode 20 was like your second ever episode okay. on it. Episode 20 is technically from the laughters. <laughs> if you Good remember episode, that. Probably. Um, episode 21 is description. Sam and Jack tackle the issue that is the Celtics bench. However, however, Brad Wanamaker is still a solid player in the eyes of the podcast. I and saw Gordon a tweet Hayward... about Brad Wanamaker today. He was solid. <laughs> For context, this is when you were still Parquet Press on Twitter. That's how long ago it was. It was a long time. Jesus. Well, thank you, Ryan, for for listening for that long. That's kind of nuts. We appreciate you. Um, 
I stumbled upon your pod when I was looking for a different Celtics podcast. I really enjoyed the casual banter you guys bring to discussing Celtics basketball. So I continued to listen, even though uh, you weren't originally what I was looking for. According to my Spotify wrapped, I was in the top 0.5% of HBTC listeners in 2023. I haven't missed an episode since I started. You're a legend. That's kind of stuff like this always makes me smile because it's so weird that people actually listen to what our dumbasses have to say. Somebody is like looking forward to like, (laughs) what are they going to talk about today? It's so weird. I recently saw the clip of Draymond green punching juice of Nurkic Draymond is going to Draymond, but it seems like this season he has been especially reckless and out of control what do you guys think the NBA and or Warriors can slash need to do better to address this suspensions and fines obviously not working it seems like Nurkic said that brother needs help I appreciate all the guys you to keep up the good work Ryan we're going to talk about some comments later on but we can talk about this portion of it here I think what they're doing is probably right indefinite suspension help getting him the help whatever he needs etc etc um it does feel like it's it's spiked up a little this year, though. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it does feel... Yeah, it's because the team's bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's he weird. also doesn't have like... Jordan Poole anymore to beat up at practice. So now you're seeing it trickle over into the yeah. games a little bit more because he can't his just... His punching bag's gone. Yeah, he can't just take his anger out. <laughs> uh, what do I think the league should do? I mean, they had to suspend him. Do I think the Warriors should do anything? I don't know, man. Like, if the league's going to punish him, I don't know what the Warriors need to. I, I maybe just like care for. His well, they're working with him. Yeah, like Dunleavy and Draymond have met with the league and have talked about it. And I, I think it's just like, yeah, get him as as whatever as you want to make it sound like. Get him therapy, dude. He's clearly has anger problems. He's always had anger problems. It seems like long overdue that he he goes and figure this out. Uh, like Nurkic said, like he just needs some help. Like it, this anger, like I know we both love Draymond. Like I have a lot of respect for Draymond, the way he plays, the way he he Correct. battles. But all these like little things of you know kicking Stephen Adams, kicking LeBron, choking Rudy Gobert. Like these are the things where it crosses the line from competitive to. The Sabonis like, stomp is figure it out. the greatest moment I've ever seen. Though. Yeah, he's gotta he's gotta figure out a way to get that in check. So I think just also helps related to this. The NBA needs to come up with like a flat rate or or a, a like established line that earns a technical foul. Because with and we've talked about this with the recent ones that the Celtics have got. But with somebody like Draymond, when Draymond's playing a game and he's not beating somebody up, he's still like whining and being demonstrative on every single whistle, but somebody like Tatum or Brown gets ejected for things that we've discussed being minuscule. There's got to be some sort of consistency with that. And I know like you can say something and it doesn't necessarily come off as demonstrative because they're not doing anything with it. And still just as like deep cutting or rude or whatever you want to call it. But I mean, you can't have this man Draymond jumping around and running at the officials and, jumping up and down like you and then toss Tatum or tech Tatum for clapping. There's going to be consistency. Slam. And he's not the only one. Of course, LeBron who threw the temper tantrum and got nothing. Yeah. People have different lines and I agree with you, but yeah, I think just getting him help, et cetera, helping him fix those problems. Next thing from Ryan Hall, Zach Eady. Hey guys, huge fan here. Quick question. I'm watching a lot more college basketball this year compared to the last few years. And I'm really high on this kid from Purdue, Zach Eady. He's a giant standing at 7'4 and shoots around 72% from the free throw line. So you can't just play hack a shack with him. Here are some accolades. Swept all six major National Player of the Year awards Wooden Award, Naismith Award, Big O Trophy, NABC National Player of the Year, and AP National Player of the Year, and the Sporting News National Player of the Year. He's a projected second round pick, and I think he'd be a steal. Would love your thoughts. Here's a great one one minute video on him as well. If it's one minute, much love, Ryan. 
uh one minute do you want to watch a little bit briefly uh never mind it's, yeah, it's, a tic- it. it's not highlights it's not highlights it's like a tiktok um so we don't have to unless you want to watch the TikTok. okay i mean if you put it up we can talk over it doesn't matter well it's a guy talking is what i'm saying so like oh, no, no, no. okay that's why i'm saying um yeah, I mean, I've seen Zach Eady. I assume you've seen a little of Zach Eady. I think he yeah. played for the Canadian national team at the FIBA World Cup this summer, too. Oh, um, I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure. Um, I like him. I know he's not a shooter. I think he is the best comparison I have for Zach Eady. I don't think he's as good, but he feels like a Walker Kessler. Do you know what I'm saying? Like a guy that'll just play defense around uh, the rim. I don't know, know if he's necessarily as mobile. I'm not saying he's as good as Walker Kessler, but that archetype of player is what I kind of see him as in the NBA. It just, he just. A few Zach Eady thoughts. Mm, he, One. Yeah. I'll let you go. Like you said, not a shooter. Two, tall, awkward. What does that mean? If he gets switched on D, de- he's, he's going to make it harder for you to play defense. To be. Wait, what is the, what is the title of this video? Zach Ed 2023 NCAA tournament highlights. They played one game. They lost this game. You know why they lost well. this game? Because apparently Dickinson was able to take him out of the game and their tallest player was like six, six. I just found a video. That's two minutes. <laughs> hey, hey, I was just, I was trying to video. That was, uh, I was trying to find a video. That I was just short. think, I, I don't know who was better in college, him or taco. I really don't, but, Edie, and I think he far, looks like he's close. more coordinated than Taco, but this is just not stuff. The game is different from college to the NBA, and I'm not a smart college basketball guy at all, but I know that this is a guy that's not necessarily going to translate to the league very well. Doesn't mean he's not a great player. He just doesn't like fit today's game. I think he is a much better college player than he will be an NBA player. I think he has more of a chance at a real role than Taco does because of his length and his his he does seem more coordinated is what I mean. Length is not a good word to use, but I, I he just seems more able to to stay with the play than Taco was. Taco just seemed lost a lot. Um yeah. and I mean Taco was, you know, didn't win any of these awards. I mean, this dude was the national player of the year across all platforms. Like he he's having a good season, but I don't know. I, I think a taller, less effective Walker Kessler is kind of the thing. I don't know if it works for the Celtics with what they're building. Um, that said, I'm not saying he is Luke Cornett. If I had to pick a real NBA comparison, it's probably pretty damn close. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have nothing Maybe. against Zach Eady. I think Zach Eady's I wonder if I like there is a team that could use him though. Because it, it feels like the big guy is coming back. I feel like Memphis bit. might be the best Maybe. place. Like, because you have to think, like, Jokic and Bede, even Wemby, like, Jokic and Bede are two of the most impactful players in the league. Jokic, if not the best player in the world. Have somebody that's big like Edie to at least hang with those guys, I think is going to become important. So he may have a future Hmm. in the league, but a lot of people that talk about him don't think he's going to have a real, like, great NBA career. I will also say it's very small scale the context I'm about to present, but it does feel like there are a lot more non-shooting bigs that are finding real roles in the NBA. Like, look at Drew, Drew Eubanks in Phoenix. He plays real minutes. Look at Jock Londale just got a contract in Houston. Look at the magic guys. Like Oga Batadze doesn't shoot threes, but he has, he has a role, right? Like it's again, it's not like huge scale. Luke Cornett. And I think one. this is good for the league, by the way. <clears throat> yeah, it's fine. I, I think it, it, it's a necessary thing for these guys um, to be in the league now. Steven Adams, obviously, when he's healthy, like Andre Drummond gets minutes, best rebounder ever. Like I, I do think there are more minutes now for guys who can't necessarily shoot, which which diversifies the top. Full time. 
Andre Drummond. Uh, next one from Justin Mills. Hey. Uh, what's popping? Yo, what's up, Jack? Yeah, fuck you, Sam. Uh, great spin today. Love the show, man. You and Sam do a great job. I think this is just because I was emailing him for the Pumpito, so he thinks I get the emails. Uh, you and Sam do a great job. I catch you guys on meeting breakfast almost every morning. Well, let us know what you're having for, for breakfast. Hopefully, you're enjoying. I'll try to remember to leave a review on iTunes. You guys deserve all the success in the world. Y'all know, Paul. Please leave a review on iTunes. Please, please on Apple Podcasts. Since I know you're a golfer, if you ever make it to Maine, try to check out a little mountain course about 45 minutes outside of Portland called Belgrade Lakes. You won't be disappointed. Cheers, fellow Justin. I'm going to copy this and put it in my browser right now because I will absolutely play that next <laughs> summer. Uh, I, I love golf, man. It's so great. It's so great. We do old Joey Spatula visit. So. We do. That we do. I'm de- Oh, my God. This course looks so nice. Holy shit. Now I'm just thinking about golf. Oh, my God. Look at this course. This is inside. gorgeous. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Hopefully it doesn't cost me an arm and a leg, but I will absolutely check that out. Thank you, Justin. Uh, next email from RJ. What's poppin'? Slog part two. Even fellas, this game just wrapped, and boy, was this one not pretty. This one, this is not from the Magic Cavs. game. This is, yeah, I was going to say, the Celtics won, and amazingly, they never trailed, but where Tuesday's game never felt out of reach, this one felt like the Celtics never took full control. Part of the lack of control were, were the Celtics making good passes that didn't connect resulting in probably four to five turnovers that shouldn't have happened, but the seas just looked out of sorts, even though they won all of Missoula's margins. JB had a solid start and, and pitched it. Everyone pitched in, but Tatum. Well, I feel he was both the reason the Celtics closed it out in the fourth quarter, but also the reason they didn't win by a bigger margin. There were so many second half possessions that were him dominating the ball, leading to dubious threes on his part and late poor shots yeah. by his teammates. I was happy to see the appearance of Lamar Stevens getting some real minutes that were quote Luke Cornette pretty, um, eight minutes, four points, one rebound, one assist, one block, one steal, three fouls. He also showed that he was fearless in taking threes. Again, a win is a win, and Boston has 18 of them. Bring on the magic and be well in the meantime. And they won that game. Be well, RJ. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Jalen said it after the game. He said, I feel like we should have won by more, but a win's a win, I suppose. That That's an evergreen quote. I said, for you. <laughs> that could be like the uh, I'll be there no matter what Mbappe picture. We should have won by more. I just post every day. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, they won the game. It was wider wire, but it did feel like they, they should have closed it out a bit earlier. All right, last one. What's poppin'? Hospital Celtics make Magic look sick. This is after the Magic game. Evening, guys. That was a fun game. This is from RJ. Good take. Started a little rocky, but the Celtics just played their ball all the way through, even when the deep bench guys getting big minutes. On a night with no Porzingis, no Al, the Jays combined to go 2-14 from deep. You would think the Celtics' home streak would be toast. Not when the rest of the team fired an unconscious 16 of 28 from three. While the Celtics wound up minus 12 on the boards, they did have a plus 11 advantage in turnovers. All the bus one boys, new and old, brought the energy. Lamar Stevens showed out strong for his time on the court. Only had 14 minutes, but he played big on defense, bringing some Marcus energy. Nice to see Brissett finding his shot. Hauser and Al... Uh, had the kind of or Hauser had an Al kind of line with 11.7 rebounds and four steals and four assists. Granted, at least three of them were absolute presence for the Magic. It was fun to see preseason P make an appearance with six or seven from deep as well. Tatum and Brown had one of their best games at getting to the rim, while D White came back from a sluggish shooting start to close out with 19 points, eight assists, four steals, and a block. It was good fun basketball. Can't see what can't wait to see what we bring on Sunday. Be well, RJ. Bet you it's not much that they bring Sunday. <laughs> I have a well, bad I, feeling about tomorrow's game. I just think it's like they, they don't get up for these early games. They usually don't play that well. So I'm not I mean, gonna fingers be there. crossed. 
Magic Johnson quote for me. I I'm not gonna be there. I, I'm not gonna be. I'm I, not I gonna, gonna be, be here. I gonna be here. Uh, yeah, good win though. I think this is one of their best games of the season, as said by Jalen Brown. So good for them. All right, let's check in with the NBA. Uh, let's start off with our beautiful segment. Have the Pistons won a game? No. No, <laughs> no they have not. Uh, it's going to be great. The day that we come on here and we do the segment and they have one, it's going to be great. My Pistons have, lost have not won. <laughs> 22 Sad games in a row. Day. They're nothing if not consistent, though. because they And have they play Milwaukee tonight, by the way. Yeah, not to, I'm sorry to keep talking over you, but they, they play the Bucs tonight. <laughs> yeah, they're cooked. They're consistent, though. One, they, of their two wins, one is home, one is away. They're, they're not much better anywhere than anywhere else. So give them that credit, I suppose. Um, yeah, they're, they have a winning percentage below 10%. <laughs> that is it's impressive. You know what they're on pace for, Sam? Someone did the math last night. Let's see. They played 25 games. They've won two. So they're, they're on pace for an eight-win season. Six. If that. Six. Six. Six win season, worst in NBA history, is what they're on pace for. I'm rooting for them. I mean, who doesn't love history? I feel like if you set the NBA record for the worst season of all time, automatic number one pick. I really hope they get the fifth pick. I think that'd be so funny. No, <laughs> I think my Pistons so need it, dude. They, no, I'll, you want to snap the losing streak? You trot Peyton out there and put him on the sidelines, guaranteed <laughs> win. Man, um. Meanwhile, at the top of the East, all the winners stay winning. Celtics four in a row, Bucks two in a row, Sixers five in a row. Uh, some losing Magic. streaks in the middle of the East. One loss. Magic lost to the Celtics. Cavs on a three-game losing streak, two at the hands of the Celtics. Hornets also on a three-game losing streak. Shocker. Out West, Nuggets have won three in a row. They're soaring back towards the top. The Timberwolves are still 18-5. and five. They're right behind the Celtics. They're a very good team. Um, Rockets and Clippers are both on the streaks. Rockets have won five in a row to be 13-9. and nine. The Clippers have won six in a row to be 14-10. and 10. This is random. I'm pretty sure from what I'm seeing, the Rockets have done like win streak, losing streak, win streak, losing streak. Yeah, look, I think you're right. They have not had a one-off game. It they is were 0-3, and then they yep. won like six straight. Six straight, then they lost three straight, then they won two straight, then they lost three straight. Now they've won five straight. They are the most J.R. Smith team I've ever seen in my life. Um, they're going streaking that they are. Pelicans won three in a row, Jazz won two in a row, Blazers lost five in a row. They're struggling. Warriors have lost three in a row, Grizzlies four in a row losses, uh, Suns two in a row. However, Sam, the Spurs won a game, Spurs win, they're back, they beat, and they beat the back. Lakers. They did. Double they beat respect. The, they beat the Mickey Mouse Lakers, but they and, did beat LeBron. No, so LeBron played. A, AD and D'Lo didn't play, so it was like... doesn't matter. <laughs> if you're playing ball. a team that lost 16 straight... I mean, the Celtics just beat the Mm-mm. juggernaut Magic. Mm-mm. 18 straight. 18 straight. Get My bad. Right. Sorry. <laughs> when you have LeBron, you should win. They hate I'm not saying it. you're wrong. I, mean, it, I, saw, I saw the final score go up, and I was actually really sad. I threw up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not saying you're wrong um, night. weird stat here uh grizzlies one and 11 at home five and seven on the road <laughs> actually like an okay road team no but like Neither is very good five and seven is not awful on the road like the nuggets are seven and eight on the road they're just great at home like people struggle on the road one and 11 it's just is weird. headline worthy yeah that is next level if you have the Whoa. same home record as the Pistons, you got to be studied. Like you, you got to be studied. Got to be studied. <laughs> That's awful, man. You can't do that. 
Um, Hawks also bad. They just won, but they're also like very disappointing this year. Um, the Bulls Dude, five and five in Boston. Mm-hmm. A lot of disappointing teams. I mean, if you just look at the East, the majority mm-hmm. of like the non top five is L L L L L like for their street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Knicks though, did you see, I watched the end of that Knicks game on the train last night. Did you see that at all? Or did you see it here? I know anything? Jalen Brunson had a monster game. He, he had dropped 50 with he had nine se- of nine from three. I, I need to check the exact stats. I'm pretty in sure he had like 17 rare, in the third quarter alone. Like he murdered W because he, yeah. he got the ball at the end. Sure it was all Jalen Brunson though. Third quarter, Jalen Brunson was 19 points, seven of seven from the field, five of five from three. Whew. He killed them. When I turned the game, turned the game on, it was start of the third quarter. And the Suns were up by 10. And I'm like, I guess I'll watch. Jalen Brunson just killed him. He just cooked him the whole quarter. And then the fourth quarter came around and the Suns were done. Like, like uh, Jalen Brunson was so great. He didn't miss. I, I think he went. Yeah, he went nine of nine from three on the night. He made all nine of his threes. That's crazy. <laughs> That's nuts. That's what it takes for the Knicks to win. Yeah, it did. Oh, he's because that he game was, was still fun. close. It was like mm-hmm. a what six point win, seven point win, seventeen point win. <laughs> I missed, I missed a digit, but <laughs> also respect for uh, you know battling it out down the stretch. Not anymore mm-hmm. context though. You want some crazy context? So Jalen Brunson had fifty. He was a plus seven in their seventeen point win. Josh Hart in the seventeen point win, plus thirty four. <laughs> <laughs> that's cr- plus 34 uh isaiah hartenstein plus 29 emmanuel quickly plus 28 that's crazy <laughs> that's nuts that they were that uh bradley beal also played four minutes and then got hurt <laughs> sun's big three is back oh back. no it's not oh, i stand man. by the if you're gonna have like the whole world stop because you put in a trade request you have to actually play it's tough it's tough i, I didn't mean- see the clip of him getting hurt Thank God he landed on his own teammate. Why? Because it would have been a landing spot foul where the guy like got hurt really bad. And it would have like Mm. been like positive reinforcement for the NBA calling ticky tack three point shot fouls. But he actually landed on Nurkic. He didn't land on anybody. He just landed on his ankle. He landed on Nurkic. Are you sure? Pretty sure he landed on Nurk or whoever the center is. Could have been Eubanks. He didn't. You're muted. Am I? Well, you, you were cutting it out. Sorry. Um, he landed kind of on. Hold up. I, I pulled it up because I was curious, and I'm, I'll just share a screen quick. It looked like he would have rolled his angle regardless if Nurkic was there. Do you know what I'm saying? But he did like That's end big. up on Nurkic. Watch. So like he doesn't actually land on Nurkic's foot, but he like rolls into Nurkic. You see? What oh, I'm you saying? know. Can you restart the clip, please? Okay. Yeah, so you I'm know why this happens. Because he's sticking his right leg out trying to draw a foul. Mm-hmm. Don't care. Don't feel bad. Uh, I don't know. It's close. It feels like... He's like, oh, DiVincenzo's near me. Uh, let me see if I can get him. He does kind of get him. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a foul, but he does kind of get his what he wants. Look, like he clips his you ankle. You don't want to see down. anybody get hurt, but... I'm, That's I'm a really bad one, this. too. That's so bad. Uh, that he's going to be out a while. Never, that's for sure. Yeah, he's not going to play. Uh, anyways, all right. That's an NBA standings check-in. And uh, 
as we started the NBA, let's go back to Pistons. Detroit Pistons. Pistons. <laughs> so our J- boys in Detroit, they're trying. James Edwards, the athletic reporter for the Pistons. League sources tell the Athletic that Detroit is expected to be active in the trade market over the next few weeks and are eyeing a forward. One player I'm hearing that the Pistons are interested in is, as is the rest of the NBA, is Toronto's OG Ananobi. However, it's possible Detroit will wait to see if they can land Ananobi in the open market in the summer. The two-way wing, I'm sure he's just Dying to go play for Detroit, by the way. The two-way wing has a player option for the next season that he'll certainly decline and avoid giving up some of their younger players by not going to get OG. That was written weird. I'm sorry. I sound like moron. Tobias Harris, who is an unrestricted free agent after the season, is another name the Pistons could target sooner rather than later if he becomes available before the trade deadline. Several possibilities could arise over the next month and change, but Detroit is in the market. 4-4. Four, four. So our boys are sick of losing. They said, this mm-hmm. team, we know we've lost 22 straight. <laughs> Time to make some changes. Mm-hmm. I actually like kind of do respect this, though, instead of being like, coach's fault. Because they, they yeah. very well could be like, Monty Williams bad. But they're not. They're like, we need to get better players on this roster. Cle- clearly, we mm-hmm. don't have them. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's very weird to me. That they buy this season. Like, oh, yeah. Like, we're going to wait to see if we get Ananobi in the summer. Because he really wants... (laughs) Not only does he want to not live in Detroit, because he's been in Toronto for his whole career where it's cold in the winter, (laughs) but the Pistons are on a record losing streak. Yeah. (laughs) What is that? Your PowerPoint to pitch to him in the free agent meeting that he'll probably take from his hotel? He won't actually come to your facilities? Oh, yeah. Look. NBA record last season. Like, who doesn't want to be a part of that? <laughs> History. Uh, that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. No wonder this team's lost 22 straight because they're thinking like this. It's not great. It's uh, it's certainly not great. I don't know, man. It's like you said, or, or like you have preached this season, I should say. I'm rooting for the Pistons. I, I You know, I'm I want them to be better. Man. I want they haven't won a playoff game since 2008. The league is more fun when the Pistons are good. Ah, man. It's so bad. Like, listen. Would love for the Pistons to be good again. I just don't know if buying the season is the way to fix their problems. They don't know what else to do, dude. They've been been losing on purpose. I will say. missed out on Wemby. I wouldn't hate them trying to trade for Tobias Harris. I don't know if the Sixers would be in on that because they've been actually good this season. Yeah. I've also seen rumors that they might be in on the Levine sweepstakes, which is just so funny. Like that would be so so like funny. Just like a Chris Broussard pop up. I need we need a Chris Broussard overlay so I can click and unclick it anytime <laughs> I hear something real dumb. No. <laughs> Denied. <laughs> um yeah man, I don't know. They're they concern me. <laughs> they concern me. Uh, I'm not a big fan, but the Pistons front office is the uh it's SpongeBob when he's trying to like learn how to be a fancy waiter, and his head is just a bunch <laughs> of little SpongeBob's running around deleting everything. They don't know what's going on. That's the Pistons front office. They're like, we don't know what to do. We tanked. We tried the process, and we oh, can't win man. the lottery. Now we're gonna go and we're we're gonna go get OG to sign here in the summer. Jesus, I uh, just 
<sighs> Anyways. All right. Next thing we got is the Pacers Bucks rivalry. I don't think we talked about it like you mentioned on the sheet. Yeah, I don't uh, think we got to it was a weird break for us in between episodes when that happened. After the Pacers Bucks game the other night, the Bucks won. Giannis dropped franchise record 64 points. He wanted the game ball. Apparently, the Pacers took the game ball. And in the tunnel afterwards, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Buddy Heald and Miles Turner were yelling, don't give him the ball. No, keep that shit. Keep that shit. Which is just <laughs> so funny, objectively. Apparently, they wanted to give the, the ball to uh, rookie Oscar Tshibwe. I, I don't know if I'm saying the last name right. But he scored his first career NBA point. Giannis was very mad. He yelled at Tyrese Halliburton a lot. He eventually Furious he, that he scored his first yeah. NBA point. Giannis eventually got the ball back but he said i don't think i don't even know if this is the right ball um very weird situation very funny situation because it does feel like there is some beef between those two teams especially after the in-season tournament um i don't know what do you make of this i've seen a lot of Giannis as a baby i've seen a lot of the pacers are whack as hell personally i think it's kind of fire that they kept the ball that's funny as shit but okay i, I also don't have a, a stake in it and i also think if the dude sets a franchise record he should probably get the ball if this was the celtics i would have wanted them to keep the ball so pacers are right but first things first you said uh, but what if it was what if it was tatum who wanted the ball or what if it was a celtics player who wanted the ball for their accomplishment you know what i'm saying that's why i say i see both sides uh, i i think the first basket or first points is more significant than the well, the, my thing is my sorry not to keep talking over you, but I assume you would share the same mindset. My thing is, this dude's only going to get his first basket once. Go break the record again, Giannis. You fucking bomb. If you go, yeah, go do it again, true. brother. That's fair. Uh, so I did get a kick out of like he scored his first career point, and you the way you said it, like it sounded like Giannis was mad that he scored his first. Yeah, that's my bad. <laughs> it's, no, but it's good because he's he actually is mad because he's kind of getting close to Thanasis. You don't want him to pass Thanasis in career points. Can't have that many. It's true. <laughs> but uh, I guess over under over under 50 career points. For, no, over under 100. Over under 100. Over. Really? It's probably like a 180. That's my guess. Maybe it's a bad line. Uh, oh, wow. He has been. He has career points totals. Oh, yeah. Wow. 457. Good. It's a lot. Good for the NASA. My bad. Sorry. Uh, but How many this season? I, I don't know. Eight. Sorry. Eight. Go ahead. <laughs> I love this. I love that these two teams seemingly don't like each other. They're in the same division. They're both playoff level teams. They've got back to back meetings where it was kind of like beef. Pacers not come out of the in season tournament, like you mentioned. Now you have this thing with the ball. And then the Pacers went out and solidified that this is a rivalry. Because as soon as this happened, they signed James Johnson, the only professional basketball player with a black belt. It's so good. It's so good. This is fire. Like, who doesn't love a rivalry? I love when two small market teams hate each other. That's mm. great. It, it's it's more of this. I agree. Less hugging, more I want my basketball. Mm. It's very funny. It's very entertaining watching them go at it like this. Um, Don't give him the ball. Fuck him. <laughs> Love it. Let me see if I can find that clip because that clip was electric. I didn't see like, that. That's news to me. Let me see me. if I can find it. <clears throat> I know. I figured you wouldn't. It was like a weird like off. It wasn't like posted by a real account. <clears throat> Let me find it. I hope it's real. Heel... No, it, it, is real. it is. It is real. It is. It is real. You know the that... Trump thing was fake? Oh, really? Him talking about lemonade was fake. 
I believe that. Now that now that you say it's fake, it's like okay, yeah. It's I guess sad though, because at the time I was like, oh my god, I can't believe you said that. That's the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> let me see. Okay, here we go. Uh, yeah, this was. Yeah, here we go. Okay, let me play the audio of Healed and and others in the tunnel talking to Giannis. Hopefully, you can hear it well enough. Keep it, keep yeah! That ball. You're not getting you... the ball. <laughs> this is fire. You can't tell me that the, the NBA ball, should not I'm have no of this. I love this. I'm about this. Great on both sides. Bucks, great on them for being petty and mad. Great on the Pacers for being petty and mad. This is going to be fire. I'm like counting. I'll use my birthday wishes next season if it doesn't happen this year that they meet in the playoffs. I watch. This is why we play. This, this is, is why we watch. That's so good. Yeah, that's electric. I love it. Um, all right, we talked about it during the emails. Draymond Green update from a great topic to a less great topic. Um, we have some quotes. Steve Kerr talked about it. He said, this is about someone who I believe in, someone who I have known for a decade, who I love is for his loyalty, his commitment, his passion, his love for his teammates, his friends, his family, trying to help that guy. The one who grabbed Rudy and choked Rudy, the one who took a wild flail at Yusuf, the one who punched Jordan last year. That's the guy who has to change, and he knows that. Ramona Shelburne said, over the past week, I've had extended conversations with Draymond Green. What he said about the Gobert incident offered a window into the complex issues he's now trying to solve. In those moments, you don't know what time it is. Basically, Draymond was like, I didn't know I held him for that long. Like I just kind of go like blank and, and I don't know what time it like. I don't know how long what I'm do doing like a, like a quick choke kind of defeats the purpose. Well, I think what he was saying is he just like, I kind of blank black out in those moments. I just kind of go. And that's part of the problem. Rudy Gobert talked about him too. He said, I have empathy for him. You see someone that's not well inside and suffering. You take away the game and all that. And you want somebody to be well and be able to do what we do every night and compete and be happy. Um, I don't know. I, I I like Draymond. I hope he does fix some of these anger issues. It feels like this is long overdue for him to get some help on this. It's it's not good. Like you respect the hustle and stuff he plays with, but all this extra stuff is <clears throat> bad, <laughs> to put it bluntly. But. I don't know. You shouldn't you shouldn't be doing it as often. Like if he was doing it every once in a while, no, it could be like uh, it could be like one of those things. It's like oh, we we got this again. Okay, was it good this time? It would feel like an event. But when you do it too much, it gets old, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He he needs to get some help. You put something in here though that's funny. I mean, let me pull this up. Yeah, I was quick. on Reddit today. I saw this post. And it was like the starting five of all of Draymond's victims. Like he's the serial killer, and it was like how many games would they win in the NBA? If you're listening, <laughs> it's LeBron, Jordan Poole, Sabonis, Nurkic, and Gobert. Not many games. No spacing. <clears throat> Not a good yeah, spacing. Yeah, too many big guys. I said 40 games. I still think they get 40 because LeBron's on the team. Uh, and you could work something out with Sabona shooting a little bit more. And Jordan Poole maybe. But I think he 40 games. Men. You're telling me he hasn't, he hasn't fought anybody else? Steven Adams. Adams. <clears throat> Steven Adams got to be on there. For sure. <clears throat> For sure. I'll say 35, 40 games maybe. Um, next thing we got is the Cavaliers. Fucked. Cavaliers are fucked, man. Um, Cavaliers got hit with a Woj bomb one two yesterday. Tough I think it was a sh- I think it was a Shams then Woj. They were both working on separate injuries, and they just got bang. Yeah, see you later. He clapped them. Darius Garland 
uh, broke his jaw. He's going to miss seven weeks. I will say, though, respect that he played like 15 more yes. minutes in that game with a broken jaw. That's crazy. Uh, and Evan Mobley is going to miss six to eight weeks with ar- arthroscopic surgery on his left knee. They're down two of their star players. <sighs> it's not looking good for Cleveland. Not not looking good for them this year. Brutal. People are starting to talk about the Cavs as maybe they make a big trade team. Like this like year? a blow it up trade, like Donovan Mitchell new home trade. Uh I don't know if they'll go that far. I think they've invested too much in this new. How many court. years I think it's good, this contract but... just the end of next year, right? He's a free agent after next season. I think that's what it is. Payroll. I'll double check, but I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, no, so no, case. no. This year, one more year, and then a player option in 25, 26, which people expect him to maybe decline to get a new contract. Okay, so that's where but that comes. I don't, but it it could be either way. I'm, I'm sure. So you're looking at maybe just one more year of Donovan Mitchell in Cleveland. They've got to get it together here. Or he's really going to have a good reason to leave. I will say it is now that I think about it, it's the same as Tatum. So the extension needs to come this summer. You know how we're all talking about Tatum extension this summer? Yes. That's because Tatum also has a player option. So I don't think it's a matter of him declining the player option. I think it's a matter of him getting a contract extension done before the player option hits. I see. Might not happen. A lot of people talk. Questionable. <clears throat> Questionable. Unsure. Speaking of the Cavs making trades. Yeah, the Bulls, I put this on here because I wrote about it. The Bulls are the ultimate respect for trying, but you're a fucking moron. Report from friend of the show, Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports. The Bulls tried to trade Zach Levine for Darius Garland. They called up Cleveland and said, hey, hey, Cleveland, how are you doing today? Uh, <laughs> we have a Zach Levine here, and we think he'd look great in the maroon and gold. All we want is Darius Garland. What do you think? If I'm Cleveland, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? That's blocked. You blocked and reported. Yeah, that is see you later, pal. What the hell are you talking about? Again, respect for trying, but what what are we doing here, <laughs> Chicago? Oh man, I'm not sure anyone is actually going to want Zach Levine. <laughs> I think someone will, but they'd have to be very desperate, and maybe in be in the purple and gold. I hope it's not the Pistons. That'd be <laughs> bad for us. Would they go from better when the, they're better, or league is better when they're better, to Sam denounces the Pistons? <laughs> No, it would still be the league is better when they're better, but it just they still the, be the league team? ain't getting better anytime soon. <laughs> would they still be your team? I would still support them. I'd just be little... <laughs> I think the real question is if the Pistons trade for Zach Levine, would you adopt Zach Levine like he's your own? Or would he be like the cast off stray in your group of guys that you would not like? Is this if the Pistons got him? If the Pistons got Zach Levine, would you adopt him as your own, or would he be like this guy isn't a part of what I enjoy? No, I would be. It would be like uh, I'm trying to think of like a good sports example because for the most part with the Celtics, I don't really think I've. It would be how people viewed Marcus Smart that like were the idiots. Okay, like, I would okay, be like okay. this guy's the problem. They gotta get rid of him. Like okay, okay. you're never gonna win when he's here. Trade him. The whole nine. Understand because that's possible too. Yeah. Okay. I'll back it. I see. He would become Mac Jones, pretty much. <laughs> that's a great example. Yeah. Yes. Have you seen all this? This is. I know you don't watch the Celtics or the Pats, but I saw a clip on Twitter of Juju talking. He's like, "Yeah, we love when Zappy's in the huddle. He's great. He's great." <laughs> all I'm picturing. Have you seen that meme where it's like the the woman holding up the child in the pool and like, yeah, and then the other one's just there drowning. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Have. It's it's like Bailey Zappy, Mac Jones, like, wait, wait, what? 
Help, help me, please. Oh man. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, next thing you put on here, apparently Dylan Brooks clapped the Grizzlies the other night. Is this true? Is this, is this, this is fact? true? This is last night. The, he, he hung 26 on Memphis after <laughs> they said they would under no circumstance bring him back this or last summer. The mm. man hit a dagger over Desmond Bain after the two got into it a bit earlier in the game. Good for Dylan mm. Brooks. That man was exiled. He was made fun of, trashed all summer, all spring in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. This is this is his moment. This was this his dagger. What a shot, too. My God. That was a terrible shot. He just nailed it in their face. Wow. <laughs> Look at him. That's that is so fire. fire. Yeah. That is fire. Wow. He's talking to Memphis. Look at the crowd die, too. Look at all the hands up, and then the crowd just die. Look at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone sits down. Everyone... They knew what was coming. They're one and eleven at home. They knew this wasn't going to end well. That's crazy. How mad would you be? Who would have predicted this season that the Rockets would be better than the Grizzlies? That Dylan Brooks would be better than the Grizzlies? Wow. I felt like the Rockets were due for a jump. I just didn't think they made the right moves. Not better than the Grizzlies, though. Like that's crazy. And this is this is them getting into an altercation. Apparently, this is Brooks and Desmond Bain getting yep. into it. They start jawing at each other. Here comes. Mm. Yeah. He said, you can't dribble. See you later. Tech. Tech. Respect Tech. respect for Dylan Brooks. Respect for Dylan Brooks just walking away. Didn't <laughs> He's take just like, face. fuck this guy. Yeah. And then he just drilled one in his face. That's great. I love the Dylan tw- Brooks dance, by the way. You said he had 29 all. points? 26. 26 points. Respect to Dylan Brooks, man. I think he's a lot. Some of the stuff he did last year was kind of like. What the fuck are you doing, buddy? I can what? always respect picking a fight with LeBron. You just have to try and win. And that didn't happen. Oh, I meant him like punching people in the dick. That's where I'm like, dude, what are we doing? Who did he hit in the um, dick? I forget. I remember it happened. LeBron. I forget. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Um, Yeah, he had 26. Jabari Smith had 12 boards. Wow. Yeah. I mean, good for the Rockets, man. I, I wasn't expecting this to work as well as it has. So I, I'm, he may I respect- has those boys buzzing. I respect that they took the swing and it and it turned out and they proved people wrong. Um, good for them. Uh, all right. Uh, the Jazz have said, "Fuck this team. <laughs> We're trading all these motherfuckers." Kind of. So, um, one report. I forget where it is. I know John Collins is on the trade block again. I know they're like, "Yeah, this guy." Not. I I believe the exact quote um, was, "They're not happy with him on either end of the court." <laughs> Is what I believe I saw. Uh, yes. Tough. Andy Larson of the Salt Lake Tri- Tribune, a local um, Utah paper. The beat writer. As the Jazz have been, quote, frustrated by Collins, quote, slow uptake on learning the team system on both offense and defense. He also has the worst net rating differential on the team at minus 11.8. Uh, so he is on the trade block, apparently. Um <clears throat> Aside from Collins, trade block. Aside from Collins, guards Jordan Clarkson and Colin Sexton are also in Larson's quote more likely to be traded category. Uh, also notes that a previous report from Michael Scott of Hoopsite indicated that Town Horton Tucker and Kelly Olynyk could be traded on on the trade block too. Uh, Jazz are unlikely to pursue a trade from Levine, so <laughs> just in case. Good um, for them. Smart age move. Also mentioned for the players the team wants to keep. 
Lori Marketing, Keontae George, Taylor Hendricks, Walker Kessler, Oche Agbaji. However, friend of the pod, Jake Fisher, quote from his latest article, I spoke to multiple general managers who told me that when they called the Jazz, Jazz are no longer saying that Markin is untouchable, with which is a pretty significant change from a year ago. And on two most uh, on two most recent transaction windows where Utah was not taking any calls for him. So it doesn't sound like they're trying to trade Markinen, but it sounds like he's not completely untouchable anymore, which is interesting because if Markinen were to become available, he'd probably be the best best available trade piece on the market. I would argue one of them at his contract point for what he does. Yeah. He makes $17 million. That's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, that yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Value. You're right. Contracts is big, but, big difference maker there. And uh, uh, something I saw, or Bobby Karithi and I were talking about it. I should say yesterday, if I'm OKC, I say here, here's whatever you want, you know, picks, uh, something for Laurie Markkinen. Here's picks for OG Ananobi. You rock out a lineup of Shea, Jalen Williams, OG Laurie, and Chet. <sighs> like that'd be terrifying. Anyways. Uh, okay, she used to do it. I've seen the Heat should do it. Um, if Lori becomes available, anyone should be in on Lori uh, if he becomes available, except the Celtics. Maybe I saw someone put Horford in the Lori trade, and I wanted to be, get mad online. But, anyways, <laughs> yeah, uh, there's that. And my Celtics connection is Jazz Fire Sale, Chris Dunn Celtics question mark. All I'm saying. Do you do you need him anymore? I don't know. I don't know if you need him, but in terms of a guy who could help you fill a potential gap, I think that's it. You bring an extra defense off the bench at the guard position. I think that is one of the few pieces I could see the Celtics maybe wanting to add. Sure. That's it. That's all. I don't say you don't need anything, but the Celtics didn't need Mike Muscala last year. They got him just so they could add a little bit of extra floor spacing if they did, in fact, need another center. They don't need an extra guard depth, but if you want an extra defensive guy off the bench, he would probably fit the role. He is a cheaper C-tier Alex Caruso, and everyone loves Alex Caruso. So that, that's all I'm saying. That's my pitch. Um, all right, last thing we're going to do before the rat list is something you put on here from Reddit. Uh, the least efficient NBA scores. I haven't looked at this yet. What is? Can you explain this to me while I pull it up? So somebody made a list of all NBA scorers that average 15 or more points and they took the guys with the lowest true shooting percentage. So <laughs> two point shots uh, equal 100% from the field. And then if you made all your threes, you would be shooting 150% from the field. So that's how it's done. As okay. we take a look, you can see there are a ton of uh, incredible players on this list. Jordan Clarkson <laughs> shoots 49.8 from this field, true shooting percentage. You also have Vucevic, who definitely should be higher on this, like have a better <laughs> shooting percentage than this with being a big guy and all. He's the, mm -hmm. in Wemby, Jordan Poole, Jalen Green, mm -hmm. some elite players on this list. Surprised not to see Levine. Mm. Tough. Levine hasn't played enough games, maybe. Is that why he's off? He's, uh, He's actually not been too inefficient this season. He's not great, but it's not this bad. Um, his true shooting, for what it's worth, is at where do I see true shooting? Levine's true shooting is fifty six point six. So he's close. <laughs> he's close to there. Um, this got me curious. Who's got the worst true shooting on the Celtics? Who do you want to guess? Who who do you think is the worst true shooting on the Celtics among the top like let's say top uh, nine guys like the actual guys? Top nine. Mm -hmm. I want to say it's probably uh Jalen 
I think it's Pritchard for what it's worth, but let me look. That might be Pritchard. True shooting is where is it? Sorry. Uh worst true shooting among guys who actually play is Pritchard at 53.2. Uh, which is would be on this list if he were averaging 15 right. points. Um Pritchard at 53.2. Jalen's at 53 or 55.3. Drew Holiday's actually at 54.5. Um narrowly avoiding the list. Tatum's at 60.8, which is actually pretty good. <clears throat> Who is the best true shooting guy on the team outside of Luke Cornett at 76-6? Answer, Sam Hauser. Sam Hauser's true shooting is 68.3%. Dude, don't miss. Um, all right. Let's go to the rat list here. You want to start it off? Yeah. First and foremost, change the background. First and foremost, Ratless the internet, or my internet. If you watched the pregame stream yesterday, it was disastrous. For the first 15 minutes, it was a slideshow, and I could barely participate. Now we have a little bit of a, a cameo from the shitternet right now. It's It's been happening for the last 15 minutes, and I've had enough. I've had enough. All I want for Christmas is uh, to be able to do fucking pods. Did you ask for a new internet for Christmas, like we recommended? I think we're making some progress. Okay, there we go. There we go. Um, I am going to rat list. Ooh, I'm stuck between two. I'll start with traffic. I'll start with traffic because traffic's been horrible lately. We've talked about it briefly on, on streams and pods here and there. I know it's bad in Rhode Island, or at least it has been, even though it didn't affect you. But there was traffic on 24 when I was going to the game. Yeah. On both Thursday and Friday, but it was especially bad Friday or Thursday. My usual, like, if there's no traffic, it's a 20-minute drive to the T-Station from my house. Other day, 45-minute drive. You got to be a real asshole to get your car set on fire while I'm That's trying. That's right. <laughs> there was apparently a vehicle fire, but the worst part about it was it wasn't there when the traffic that I was in was happening. Like, it was cleared. I didn't, like, I didn't see the actual thing. Like, there wasn't nothing there. It was just the remnants of the problem. Everyone was like, hey, look. Well, no, because there was nothing to look at. There was I didn't see anything. There oh, was they didn't nothing. have anything. There? It was just still there. Like I don't get. Like what are we doing? Fucking drive. Just drive. Like, that's what I'm saying. Why is there traffic? Drive your car. Where are you going? There's nothing yeah. in the way. Pissing me off, man. A little update. Was, mm. Continue. Finish up. I was just gonna say the only thing worse than slow drivers and traffic might be slow walkers. I, slow I walkers. can't do it. it, it I will say it's usually good. those are those are easier to get around usually, but still. So the little traffic update from Rhode Island, because this has been my favorite story of the week, is yeah, they were like, hey, major highway, can't use it anymore. So they have figured a way for both east and westbound sides to have two lanes. So apparently the traffic has been widely, widely fixed, but just still hilarious. The, the outrage, the sheer outrage online was great. Also, Ratlist. Ratless the mall. Ratless the mall. Mall, uh, the home to many slow walkers. A lot of people in the mall that could use a big shove to the back of the head. Because mm -hmm. not only are they walking slow, but they're also walking in the middle of the walkway. They aren't to one side, so you can't get around them. Mm -hmm. Awful. Ratless JCPenney or Macy's. Ooh. Macy's. Same I'm in Macy's. They got uh, 
You know how, like, when you go to any, like, department store like that, they have, like, the non-clothing items, whether it's cooking stuff or <laughs> sure. whatever. Home decor, whatever. So, I have bought a uh, massage gun, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to buy this item. And there's no price tag on the box. I was walking up to the counter playing, like, I felt like I was just like, oh, we'll see. Like, spin the wheel. How much am I going to have to pay for this one? You should have mm-hmm. to put price tags on literally every item. I agree. <laughs> uh, how much that ended up being, if you don't mind? It was like 68 bucks. Huh. I guess. That, what, is that what you were expecting? or I thought it'd be more. <clears throat> oh, well, W then. Um, I would argue the only place worse for slow walkers is the T-Station. These motherfuckers Vegas love Ve- Vegas was the worst. Vegas is like but, a, another planet. That was crazy. But it's not the slow walkers at the T station. It's the stoppers. Yeah. It is the let me get off the train and take five seconds to orient myself instead of walking to the wall and then figuring it out. They get off the T, they stop there, they go, mm. I'm like, I gotta get off the train. You gotta move. Like I I, I know where I'm going. You don't. The other one. Is if you're standing on the train, if you're on the T, I don't know how frequently you take the T, but you've taken it off. And you are standing by the doorway. You have two options. You either go further in the train to let people out, or you walk out and then walk back in so people can get out. You know what you don't do? If there is someone on one side of the door and the other side of the door. So, like, it's it's the doors, they open from the middle, but then there's, like, space for people to walk. There was w- one... Uh, yes, what happened to me yesterday. Someone was standing on one side, someone was standing on the other side, and neither of them moved. So there was a single file room pathway for me to get out. And so I had to like squeeze my way through these two fucking idiots who didn't move, leaving a one person like path room. What, what are we doing? Move, get the fuck out of the way. You can stand there when the train's moving, but when people have to get on and off, you got to get out the way. Uh, I just, I don't get how people can be so like clueless like they're just standing there like morons doing nothing it, it, it it's unbelievable um if you're watching on youtube you can see sam's okay sam's back i was gonna say sam's camera's frozen but we, we've made it back welcome back I uh, plug in unplug <laughs> respect you missed oh, half my rant but i think you caught the, the gist of it um it is your turn for the rat list if you, you've got something else I'm trying to find so it's gonna be a double Department of Transportation rat list, but while I'm looking for it, rat list this driver that I, I was mm. on a non-highway road, two-lane okay. road. There was somebody turning across mm. from the opposite side onto my side. I am in the far right lane. I have nothing to do with the turn. Sure. The lane next to me is open. However, Somebody sped up next to me and almost caused an accident trying to cut in between me and the car merging in. I was like, oh, my God, I'm literally going to get, like, sideswiped into the airport. Like, it was so bad. There was no, like, I couldn't believe that the person didn't get an accident. But, like, you should be able to, like, citizens arrest that person. Because it was was terrible shit, man. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Here we go. I found the video. I'm going to share screen. I found it. So (laughs) while this whole disaster of a bridge construction was going on, the terrorist organization that is 
the Rhode Island Department of Transportation right on. shared a video. They said, Washington Bridge off. update. Our, what did you say? I was, I was just taking Matt off the screen. I was saying I got you. Washington Bridge update. Our crews continue to work around the clock to make preparations <laughs> for the planned traffic to allow two sh- uh, lanes, which is done. They've they've finished. And they tweeted this video. Now, as you can see. Can I guess the rat list? <laughs> and is the only one working and he's sweeping. The rest of them. Look at this guy with the shovel. <laughs> All these guys are just standing there working around the clock. Your ass. <laughs> This is the kind of thing they do in broad daylight when they create traffic to do road work. <laughs> uh, I, I was gonna say, man, what is he sweeping? Like, what is even the purpose? You gotta make sure it's clean. <clears throat> oh my god, that shit's great. Um, I'm trying to think about got anything else. I don't know how much else I have. The T's actually been better lately. Like the red line knock on woods moving a lot quicker. Oh, Ratless the Patriots, right? My uncle got his tickets to go see Pat's Chiefs. I'm actually excited. I enjoy spending time with my uncle and my cousin. It's gonna be a good time. I I as much as the Patriots suck, I do enjoy going to a Pats game. I've only been to one. Went last year when the Pats were also bad. Um, it was my first ever Patriots game last year. They played the Bills. It was a good time. It, it's just a fun environment to be in. But Ratless the Patriots, because they are so bad. That their game was supposed to be Monday, so I wasn't going to miss the Celtics. But they're so bad that I got flexed to Sunday, so I now have to miss the Celtics to watch this bum-ass pitch. Again, I'm very excited. I'm excited to go. It's going to be a good time. Had a lot of fun last year, regardless of how good they are. Just sucks that they suck so bad that I can't watch the Celtics now. So I am going to have to come back home, re-watch the Celtics game so we can do the pod. And then we'll do the pod later at night when I get home. If That's that's the game plan in my head. We haven't discussed yet. We didn't figure that out yet. But yeah, the rat list. Uh, I don't know if I have anything else. I feel like I should have more stuff, but I can't remember. I'll rat list myself. I still haven't started my Christmas shopping. I need to do that. <laughs> uh, good for you. I need to start that. All right. We can wrap there. Thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate it very much. Make sure to subscribe to How About Them Celtics. Check out all our content. Check out Talk and Seas. We did Bobby Kravitzky the other day. Um, leave us a review on Apple, like Justin said. Please. Let me. You know what? Let's live check. Has anybody else left us a review on Apple Podcasts? Let me take a brief look. Also, my dad just texted me, Sam, while I look for this. He goes, watching the football, which the football is something. But he goes, Sam looks like Joe Burrow. Comments. Nice. Thoughts? You, I remember we, when the Bengals made the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Like They did all the media stuff, and like Joe Burrow was everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this, big. a lot of the ladies I was working with at the news station were big on Joe Burrow. So it's very nice of your dad. Nice compliment. Yeah. They couldn't get go. enough Joe Burrow. Respect then. Um, I don't know why our rating on Apple is 4.7 now, though. So uh, can we fucking fix oh. that, you bums? Uh, no, that's not good because we got that. We have all five star ratings and then a couple one star ratings, which I'm not a fan. What are the one star ones? Do they say anything? They don't say anything. They're just one star ratings. Um, we do have three reviews now, and one of them is saying I look like Gangi, which what the fuck? I love um, that. But Celtics injury report, by the way, for for Sunday is just Banton and Luke Cornett. Banton questionable. Luke oh, Cornette, we're back. So, so they should be all right. Anyways, thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate it. Leave us five stars on Spotify. Follow the pod on Spotify as well. Be like uh, our, our loyal listeners who who tuned into the show, uh, Ryan Messenger, um, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We're still trying to hit 2K by the end of the year. Unsure how likely it is, but we're, we're chugging. We're trying to get there. We appreciate you very much. Um, thank you for tuning in. 
uh, Sam is lagging, so I'm going to filibuster for a couple more seconds, as you do. I hope you guys can respect the fact that I'm trying to hang in there. And I'm going to let Sam wrap it up now that the camera has on first. Let's hope I can fucking make it. Uh, thank you very much for listening or watching. If you're watching, subscribe to the YouTube. Hit the notification bell so you don't miss any daily uploads, whether it's a pod, game breakdown, 30-minute uh, live streams before the, the games, talk and sees. Subscribe. Leave a comment. Leave a like. Uh, Spotify and Apple, like we just talked about, follow us, leave a five-star review. The audio versions of all full-length pods and game recaps will be there. You can send us an email at hbtcpod at gmail.com. We'll read your emails on the show. You can follow us on socials at How About Them Seas. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook has all of the live streams there. The name is just the name of the pod, so leave a like. You can follow Jack at Jacksonville NBA on Twitter. You can follow me at Samuel France NBA. It's it for us. Guys.